Hi, my friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Forte Catholic, our Thanksgiving episode. Catherine Whitaker is here for a jammed packed uh, episode. We have a lot to talk about, a lot on our minds and our hearts, and we are happy to share it here with you, especially if you're traveling for the holidays, trying to avoid some family, trying to avoid uh, any any awkwardness. We uh, hope that we can be a, uh, a channel of joy for you here in your Thanksgiving week. We hope that you're all enjoying it and have safe travels. Uh, we talk about Thanksgiving and things that we're thankful for, and particularly, uh, you know, I've had some negativity going on in my life, and I've tried to combat it with being thankful. So we talk about things that we are thankful for, uh, because overall, I mean, life is still good. Even though we have little things to nitpick, life is still good. God's still good. And God still wins. We talk about um, some stressful things that have been going on in Catherine's life that she ha- is very passionate about. Uh, and we also have some random little things. So we've got it all. We've got entertainment. We've got strong, uh, strong opinions. And uh, we've got some spiritual uh, guidance for you. I mean, what, what more can you ask for on your Thanksgiving episode of your third favorite Catholic podcast. So uh, we hope that you enjoy this conversation. If you do, please subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. Enjoy. Hello there and welcome to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll and that is Catherine Whitaker. Catherine, hello, my friend. Howdy. It's nice to see you. You look great. You look, you, you look a lot more chipper this morning than I feel. <laughs> well, then this is a, a good filter of illusion. <laughs> it's amazing what a shower and a face of makeup will do. I mean, I know the face of makeup, maybe not so much for you, but the shower. Yeah, yeah I did t- one of those things. <laughs> but that's that's my missing ingredient, I guess, is the makeup. Maybe I'll. My grandma used to say you should dress for the day you want to have. Oh, your grandma would hate how I dress day in and day out. (laughs) (laughs) Athletic shorts and a t-shirt with pit stains. That's how I dress every day for almost every occasion. It's all right. I, uh, so have have you worn joggers? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the, like the legs? I just bought a pair of joggers. Yeah. Did you really? Is this your first pair of joggers? Uh, no. Okay. So, uh, does that joggers? mean that I'm cool? Does that mean that I'm cool, Taylor? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, okay. Uh, let's say but, yes. Okay. Let's. Uh, I have two pairs. No, three pairs. I have three pairs of joggers, and I actually bought them on the. Uh, we all know that I have no style, <laughs> and but ironically enough, the person who works with me now, me now Sarah, uh, we, you know, because I travel and go do talks and stuff, and she's like, we need you to look nicer. <laughs> So we went to Kohl's and she helped me pick out some new clothes. You know, so I got some like shirts and stuff to speak in or whatever. But then I also got these joggers, two of them, like the athletic style joggers, Mm -hmm. right? You know, that's typically what people think. But I also have a pair of like khaki joggers. And now I don't give talks in anything but those joggers. I wear them to Sunday mass every single Sunday. Uh, So even when I'm not, I, I have like, you know, pit stained t-shirts and athletic shorts when i go to mass i get all dressed up khaki joggers and a t-shirt without pit stains that fits <laughs> i did not know i'm still on the khaki joggers i didn't know that they made khaki joggers oh, maybe yeah. i should be shopping at kohl's 
maybe you should. And th- this was our deal. Uh, we all know that I'm not made of a ton of money, and I had to go clothes shopping. This is my first time to ever go clothes shopping. Like, oh, as an adult. welcome to Cole's Cash. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the deal. I didn't have yep. any money, and I couldn't pay her as the stylist, so I gave her the Cole's Cash. It was like a hundred bucks of Cole's Cash, and that was her payment for being brilliant. my stylist. <laughs> That's brilliant. No, Cole's Cash is the best. <laughs> That's how I clothed my kids when they were little is because that, you know, they wear clothes for like a minute and then they've outgrown them. And that's how we did it was Coles. Oh yeah. My, my son, who's very large, like he's a tall kid. I wonder, I wonder where he got that from. You know, it's so like, he's, he's a, he's a large child and he just uh, finished his uh, second flag football season. Last year, they won one game all season. This year, they lost one game all season. And that wasn't the championship. They're the champions, right? So wow. uh, very, very exciting. But with three weeks left in this season, three weeks, like within the season, his cleats went from fitting to not fitting. Yeah. Right. And yeah. he told us, and it became an, an, an ordeal with three weeks left, like the one regular season game, semi, semifinals, and then the finals. And uh, we were like, yeah, we're not buying you new cleats, my guy, for three weeks, because by next season, he'll be another four sizes right, larger. Exactly. So yeah. he was like, I totally get it. It's fine. <laughs> Well, that's the beautiful part. We laugh. So when our kids go to school mass on whatever day it is, Wednesday or Thursday, when they have school mass, the boys always wear pants. And by like about March, those pants are serious high waters. But all the moms have collectively, it's like an underground decision that we've all decided no one's buying new pants because we're just going to power through seven more weeks of masses. No one needs to buy new pants. So the boys' pants just keep getting shorter and we're like, we'll get them next year. Or maybe not. Maybe you can just always wear high waters. They'll be all right. It's just one day a week. They'll be all right. They'll be fine. <laughs> who cares fine. anyway? They're out, they're out right. of Catholic I mean, school. like in, in, the, in the game, that's what three hours of his life, right? Whatever. I mean, <laughs> you can work through that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, your kids, uh, do they all go to Catholic school? I know I know, most of them do. Not, Are they not all? all of them right now. No. Okay. I only have one in Catholic school right now. Really? So, of so my you, six, yeah. You've, you've done a mixture of public school and Catholic school? I feel like I'm sinking. I f- Hold on. My chair is broken. <laughs> Taylor's going to slowly move out of the screen and he's just going to keep going. I just kept falling. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> no, we did do the fun hybrid, like homeschool. Like what What do they call that? Uh, cri- not critical homeschooling, but like during the pandemic, like that's when I felt like we did all the schools. I was like, oh, nothing. We called that nothing in our house. <laughs> well, we we called that tell the teachers the Wi-Fi is down and let's go get a shake at Whataburger. That's yeah, what we exactly. call that. <laughs> so my yeah. question is about the because um, my I noticed this the other day is that so we got an email about Chris being out of dress code for something because Catholic schools have. Dress codes, right? Whatever. Um, I was never a dress code guy, like 100% public school kid right here. Like never, never, never a dress code, right? Um, So it's, it's, some of it's hard for me, like whether it's my kid or not my kid, it's like they're they're emailing about like, you know, the, the mass pants are too short or, uh, you know, they wore the wrong color. They wore the wrong type of, I just don't, I just, I clearly don't care about how dressing it's like i'm a function over fashion kind of guy right does it work does it cover up your body in the places that's supposed to be covered up great we're good right but uh they had this thing at uh so 
they're not allowed to wear hoodies. They sent out this big email when it started getting a little bit chilly around here in Texas, you know, a week or two ago. They're like, no hoodies allowed in mass. And then I go to Sunday mass and like I'm wearing a hoodie and so is a third of the rest of the mass. So I'm just like, did did your kids, because they were uh, the Catholic school kids, especially, did they dress better for school? Or better for mass because I have this theory about about that they they dress nicer when they're forced to. That's a great question. I don't. I'm thinking back. I think it was kind of the same. I got an issue with the hoodie thing though. I'm like, especially so. My kids would be like in sisters' classroom. We have sisters who teach. They're in habits. Their rooms are always freezing cold because they're in their habits. So the right. kids would always wear their school hoodies and they would get in trouble for that. And I'm like, why Why are we getting in trouble for wearing hoodies here? Right. If it says like the name on the school, who, who cares? Like, yeah. do you want my child to be completely frozen in sister's class or just wear the hoodie, <laughs> even though it's 900 million degrees outside? Well, Catherine, but, there's one way out of this. If she puts on the habit, <laughs> she'll be fine, you know? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know about my kids. I mean, there's belly aching every Sunday. Every Sunday, even now, I have to wear what? I'm like, we have literally had this conversation every week since 2001. Okay. I don't know why everyone's complaining here. I feel like I should just record it and then just every Sunday at about 4.35, play it before we go to five o'clock mass. Alexa, play Catherine response number nine. Alexa, play Catherine response number 14. Yes, you have to look nice when you go to mass. No, you can't wear tennis shoes. Like it's the same thing every single week. Oh, see, I wear, I wear, I wear uh, khaki joggers, tennis shoes, and a t-shirt and maybe a hoodie. So uh, I'm the least Catholic school uh, uh, regimented what you have to wear person out of everybody. So. But I'm also a believer that it's more important that you're there. Yeah, yes, you should be dressed as nice as you can be. But I'd rather have a kid in a soccer uniform show up to mass than not show up at all. So 100%. is that the ideal? No. But by golly, you're there. And that's the first step. So, I mean, we push our kids. Like during the pandemic, they weren't even wearing shoes. You know, we were sitting. At, at one point, I think we were wearing pajamas. And I was like, okay, we may have crossed a line. I think we need to look nicer than this. Because... Their attitudes were terrible at that mass. I definitely crossed lines. I can't remember. I can't remember if I've said this publicly. So I'm going to say it publicly and we're going to move right into what we plan to do, talk about today. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Thanksgiving weeks. But uh, worst it ever got for me. I, so this is, this. I'm just going to say this because this is the reason why, uh, wh- how I dressed or with my with my vi- I have with my fancy t-shirt I I bought brand new t-shirts they're extra extra large first XXLs I've ever bought it's a little sad a little sad day uh but I've got the extra large extra extra large t-shirt so it you know it covers everything very nice coverage uh we've got the 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 khaki joggers the t-shirt or the 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 shoes that is way better it's an upgrade that's what I'm trying to tell you from all the stuff during the pandemic cuz I maybe I said this on the show but it it got to the point where I was watching mass in my boxers while eating a mic like a oven made pizza because it's like you know who cares at this point so i'm doing great in comparison to three years ago so y'all can leave me alone <laughs> we'll get into uh we'll get into some other topics about you know people can leave us alone uh, a little bit later in today's show but we want to start with uh thanksgiving I'm so happy that it's it's Thanksgiving week. We're all on a break. We're most most of us are probably traveling, going to see family. Uh, so happy Thanksgiving, Catherine. 
Uh, Thanksgiving's one of my favorites because there's not really? the pressure of the gifts. Yes. You don't have the pressure of the gifts. It's all about the food. And I love cooking. It's my favorite thing to do during Thanksgiving. I have such good memories. Like I'll pour myself. Well, I used to pour myself wine, but now I'm a wine snob and now I just drink beer. But I pour myself wait, a beer. Wait, wait, and wait, I, wait, 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 wait. That makes no sense at all. Um, you became a wine snob, so you drink something lesser? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I should explain. I only, God, this is going to sound so bougie, and I apologize. And if people stop listening, I'm sorry. I only drink wine when I'm in Europe. Because oh, the sulfites. Well, but the sulfites <laughs> give me, they give me headaches. And so like when I drink wine, it makes me feel awful in the States. So I drink beer instead of wine or, or hard liquor. But 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 beer's better whenever you're cooking as opposed to hard liquor because God knows what people are going to get if you just keep drinking hard liquor. No, you just pour it so, into whatever's going on. You know, whatever mashed potatoes and gravy made out of bourbon. Who who, who says no? <laughs> Actually, our sweet potato casserole has bourbon in it, and it's fantastic. It's an Emerald Lagasse recipe. It's fantastic. But yeah, I I love cooking. It's such a good way to show people that you love them. It's my favorite. It's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. That, that's see, I, I was surprised when you said like I, I get the the gift buying is it can be a stressful thing. My wife and I just had a meeting about uh, you know all, all, the same. <laughs> everything that we're doing for the kids and all that. Um, how much money do we have? Twelve dollars. How do we split that by three? You know, <laughs> we had that meeting last night. But I was surprised when you said Thanksgiving because typically, I, you know, I would imagine that you're the primary person cooking, and that's stressful to me and that's typically been stressful for the people in my family so i'm surprised to hear that you weren't stressed about it because uh you know stereotypically the woman's doing all the cooking so i would imagine that that would be stressful but i'm so i'm glad you enjoy it I, I, i'm surprised I, do. I really do scott's in charge of kind of the meat dish i mean i'll i think this year we're just going to smoke some turkey breasts we're not even going to get a real turkey and my girls do the desserts so my responsibility is the sides and i'm notorious for never cooking the same side the same like i'm i will try out five new recipes on thanksgiving uh, maybe that's why i like it because i'm trying oh, i'm like oh is this one going to be a new family favorite <laughs> yeah it's fun though we've had a few recipes that have stuck around like the sweet potato casserole that one's stuck around so there's some that i just love i love trying them out and we're like, ooh, we should hold on to that one. So we know that it, it's a keeper. Like, I'll make it a couple of times. And if everyone's like, oh, yeah, you should bring that back. So we know that if it's currently in the rotation, that it's been tested. Like, this is better than the all recipes rating. Like, everyone <laughs> in the family has tested this and it's a keeper. So you know if I'm making it again, that it's a solid choice. So I love it. That's fun. As, as we've gotten older, like as like my siblings and I have gotten older and like become adults, like we, you know, now when we gather for, for, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that sort of thing, everybody has their assigned thing and it's what they do. So we yep. don't try new things. We have like the staples. Like we all know that my sister's making this, my sister's making that, I'm making this, my wife's making this, my mom's making this, my dad's making this. So like we just, Everybody does their one thing, you know, so it, 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 it does make it a little bit nicer these days. We do have a few, like uh, my husband and his brother, their dad made an amazing dressing. And so that's like sacred. And only the two of them are allowed to make it. I couldn't tell you how they make it, but it's like their thing. So there's some there's some sacred things that don't mess with that recipe. That's what we're doing. And that person has to make it. It just tastes better. I've tried doing it and it's a colossal failure. <laughs> Good. I'm happy to hear it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that I'm a one, failure. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said nothing. You said it. So it's always one of those moments where, like, I don't know whether to agree or disagree. Because <laughs> if I disagree with you, you might be mad at me. If I agree with you, you might be mad at me. You can so just we're smile and nod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're doing great, Catherine. You're doing great. So uh, one thing, obviously, you know, it's not rocket science. I didn't just come up with the topic of Thanksgiving all on my own, right? But it, it did happen to come at a good time because the last few weeks of shows, uh, both myself and our, our, our friendly co-hosts, uh, we've all had a lot of negative things to say or to, or at least negative topics to talk about. And uh, that's not going to change today. But <laughs> but I have been focusing a lot this week because there have been there has been a lot of negativity just in my life. So yes, we talk about it on the show because that's what, what we do here. Right. And I was, uh, two quotes, um, one I'm going to butcher and one that I have uh, written down. So there's, it's impossible for me to butcher, but the other, the, the first one being something along the lines, I don't know. I don't remember who said it, but it popped into my mind this week because I was seeing a lot of negative stuff on the timelines. And there was a lot of stuff that happened in the, in the Catholic world this, this week and all, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I was, uh, and just with all the negativity that's been going on, like I've been pretty down, like pretty negative over the last few weeks, which is like not my norm. It's not typically how I live my life. And so I, I, was, I was thinking that like one of the primary um, combatants to negativity is Thanksgiving. Like it's very difficult to be negative while you're being thankful, right? So even if I have something that's like genuinely going poorly in my life or something that's genuinely making me frustrated or angry or whatever. Um, one of the ways to like get out of that, like muck and mire of like that, like feeling completely taking over is being thankful. So it's one of those things that it's just an incredible blessing that, uh, you know, the, our forefathers came and messed with the, the Indians and the, the, and the pilgrims when they did, because we got Thanksgiving this week. So I get to have a whole week of focusing on on being thankful um and the second quote was i said i wouldn't butcher it and now my, my phone won't open uh if you can't think of, of things to be thankful for you're full of pride or something else <laughs> i like that quote a lot <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> so in order to combat uh negativity in our own hearts in our own minds in our in our world on social media uh we're going to start today's show by talking about things that that we are thankful for sound like a plan i like that do you do y'all do this on Thanksgiving where you force everybody to say something to think before before you eat? We do. I have thoughts. Doesn't doesn't uh, every, do you do doesn't it? everybody doesn't everybody do that? <laughs> I think so. Why why do you do it? Well, what's, what's what's the reason? I mean, if we're going to celebrate a holiday that's meant to focus on gratitude and Thanksgiving, I feel like it's important to give voice to that, to pause for a moment in between the Cowboys game and the dinner to talk about What's the one thing that you're thankful for? You know, we we did that, and we do that m more than just on Thanksgiving. Uh, usually on people's birthdays, what's the one thing that you love about this person? Like, oh, just giving them an opportunity to pause and say, like, e even when we launched our oldest out into the world, before we left him um, in his new apartment, we were like, what's one thing, like, what's one thing that you love about Will, and what's one thing that you hope for him, that you're excited for him about? I don't know. I think it just gives us an opportunity to pause for just a second and step outside of ourselves and say, let's give voice to the thing that you're thankful for. That's incredibly sweet. I like I like the birthday thing a lot. 
And that might be something that that we add to our repertoire. It reminds me a lot of uh, places I used to work when somebody would leave, like they were, you know, leaving the the organization. We would one pray for them, so we'd all, you know, we'd all get in a circle and, and pray for them. But we'd also like um, the, the night before, or, yeah, we we do the affirmations, like, hey, this is one of my favorite memories. Hey, this is a, a place mm-hmm. that you that you did really good, that sort of thing. So I like that a lot. My problem with the Thanksgiving one, the Thanksgiving tradition, is. Uh, is not an issue with the with the action. It's an issue with the timing or the scheduling of it, because it just, you don't like it right before the meal. You just want to start eating, Taylor. One hundred percent. I mean, look at me. Uh, that, that shouldn't be surprising. But it's like one we had all day. Two, I've smelled food cooking for the last four hours, and it smells incredible. And I'm finally ready to eat. Everything's finally done. It's two o'clock. None of us ate breakfast because we're waiting for the two o'clock lunch. Uh, can we do this later? Like we're eating in the middle of the third quarter of the football game. So I want to finish eating and watch the end. But also like I, I, I primarily just want to eat this food that we've all just uh, created and worked together to, to, to make. And we all sat down at the same time. It should take no more. Then six seconds from the moment we all sit down to when we are shoving food in our mouths. And that six seconds is the good old Catholic, bless the Lord, these I guess we're about to receive from the body of the Christ, the Lord, amen. At that exact speed, and then we're done. Six second break to thank the Lord. We could, we could talk about other things we're thankful for later. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have a solution. I don't know where else to put it, but. I mean, even just after dinner would be better. That might go into the I football think- stuff. I'm 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 okay with going into the football stuff, but not before I fill my face for the first time on Thursday. No. Think your I think your problem is is that you're filling your plate and then saying it. So we actually stand in the kitchen. No one has a plate. We stand in a circle. We've prayed. We say what we're thankful for, and then we get our plate. So it's not that's as if a you're hostage staring. situation. <laughs> that, that, they're in prison. They don't have any food, and no, they see the food. A hosti- it's a hostage hey, situation. I, for the record, free I the cook- Whitakers. Free the Whitakers. <laughs> I cook breakfast, and I always have appetizers. Last year we had appetizers, and so that sort of abated everyone who was really hungry. So it sort of gave us it was a, as a nice little segue. From the eating to the thankfulness to the eating again. I think you need to have appetizers. Appet- I think appetizers that's, I th- do I help. I think that's what, the appetizers I think that's do what help. you need. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you there. Um, okay. Let's talk about things that we are thankful for. So I gave a, I gave us a little bit of a, um, a skeleton of things that we are going to, to be thankful for. Uh, just to kind of help. I've got, I've got at least one, maybe two in each of these categories. And, uh, so we're going to talk about things that we're thankful for at, at our home, uh, at church, in our church, at work, personal, and then, uh, and then some random things. So, uh, I'll start at, at the house. So like, you know, home, family, that sort of thing. Um, one thing that I'm like randomly grateful for, and this is like, one of the first ones that's like combating something that I felt negatively about, like our house needs a lot of repairs. So I've been kind of down about that. Like we just don't have the money to fix all the problems. We've put thousands of dollars in the last, I don't know, two years in order to fix stuff, but it's not like the cosmetic stuff. It's not like the stuff that makes it look nicer. It's the stuff that we needed. Like we needed our house to stop flooding before we could put new flooring in that sort of thing. Right. So like the house is a lot better place than it was, but it doesn't really look all that much better. Like if you came over, you're not going to see the anti-flooding equipment that we put in, or you're not going to really notice the gutters that got put in a couple of years ago, but, but you would notice that like, Oh, there's not floor on the ground or that, that thing's not fully painted or whatever. Right. So I, I have felt pretty negatively, 
about it. But in order to combat that, I did two things. One, I did something that was within my control. Uh, and then two, I'm just, I'm incredibly thankful for the space that we have in this house. And ultimately that's the reason that we bought it. It's because like in our price range at the time, uh, we could get a, a house that's like 2000 square feet. That was kind of beat up, which is the one that we got, or we could get a house that was 900 square feet, but looked pristine. And I, I will, when I get frustrated with how things might look, I might for a moment be like, Oh, that nice house. You know, that would have been nice. But then I'm like, no, 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 no. Ultimately I'm thankful that we got this house with a lot more space, right? Like I'm recording right now. This is my office, my living room in a converted garage. Like this used to be the garage space and now it's our living room. And we use this room. I'm in this room more than I'm in any other room. Cause even like when I'm in my bed for eight hours, I'm in here for eight ish hours for work. And then I'm watching TV or playing video games or doing family time in here. So I'm incredibly thankful for the house. And I'm saying that particularly to combat <laughs> some negativity that I've been feeling about it. And then uh, the second thing that I did is I did something uh, within my control. We needed, we're having some problems with our HVAC. And uh, I was like, it's either a random problem or it's the thermostat. So we went to Lowe's as a family the other day. We walked through their like Christmas stuff. The kids loved it. There's like 900 Christmas trees that they have lined up. You took up. them to Disneyland, basically. Exactly. Exactly. It was the best free trip hey, we've kids, ever done. let's go to Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so we walked through it. I went and got a new thermostat. And Catherine, I am not the manliest person when it comes to like all the things that men should be able to do around the house or like fixing cars. I know nothing. I know nothing about it. Catherine, it's on YouTube, Taylor. I, I know, but I, <laughs> I, with the help of my son, we we figured it out. We installed a brand new thermostat. It heats, it you. cools, everything is working. So, I am very thankful for one the space in this house, but then secondly that um, I have some like forward momentum. There's still a lot of problems in the house that we can't deal with right now, but you know we have some forward momentum. We're slowly but surely we'll make it. We'll make this house a home. Yeah, that sort of thing. You're not flooding and you have AC and heat. I mean, <laughs> exactly. these are important things, need? Taylor. I mean, <laughs> seriously. In the swamp of Southern Texas, what else do you That's need? That's right. You know? That's right. You know, that reminds me. So a few weeks ago, my husband loves to be outdoors always, but he really loves taking care of the outside of our house. Like he loves planning things, mowing, you know, doing landscaping. That's sort of our backgrounds in agriculture. So we really love that. And I think we were like you, like sometimes you're like, man, I wish we could do these 10 things, but really we just can only do this one. And he was talking to a friend of his and he said he retired and he has taken like seven years. Scott went over to his house and he said, Catherine, his garden was incredible. And he said, but it's taken him seven years to get there. Mm. And he said, and it reminded me, he only did one project at a time. He said, so if there's something that we love, like if we love being outside What's, yeah, we have the master plan, but like, what's the one thing that we could do outside that would make this even more enjoyable to be outside? So we have a project in mind and we're super excited about it. It's going to be a ton of labor. Our kids have no idea what we're about to make them do, but it's, it's going to be a big family Happy project. Thanksgiving break, kids! <laughs> I don't know if we'll do it over Thanksgiving or if we'll wait till the spring, but I mean, like we have a goal and it's not going to cost a lot of money, but I think when, when he mentioned it, I was like, that is an outstanding idea. That's the perfect use for that space. And yeah, and so it both gave us a lot of joy to be like, okay, so we can't do all these things, but instead of 
being focused on the nine things that we can't do, why don't we get excited about the one thing that we can and how many memories we get to do, get to make by doing that. So I think I'm just thankful that, that he found something that married. Yes, we love being outside. And then what's one thing that we can do in our home that's going to help us build some memories? Because it, it's hard. Like when you look around, especially this time of year, Instagram is full of how perfectly amazing everybody's houses are or their tablescapes are awesome. And you just think, I just want to do this one thing, but it, it doesn't feel like it's good enough. And so that's when you have to either unfollow or mute those accounts and look around at your house and be like, but this is where we live. Like, this is where we get to make memories. So I'm excited about that. So what I'm hearing is un- unfollow or mute uh, happy people who are successful. That's what I'm hearing. Right. That, yep. <laughs> okay. That's right. <laughs> yep. All right. Can confirm. Uh, before, we, before we move on to uh, our, our church thing, anything else at the house, the home, family, that sort of thing that, that, uh, you, that you want to mention here in our well, Thanksgiving special? Are we doing random later or are we doing random Random later. We're, we're going to finish the okay. whole thing with the random. All right. Nope. I'll hold on to this one then. It's a good okay. one. Okay, go ahead. Um, another another like, random thing, like, you know, at, at home, just with the family, is just like, I, I am so uh, grateful for, like, my kids. That, like, they're, and like, I, that's like the stereotypical thing to say, but like, I, they're at these ages now that I'm having fun with all three of them. Like, I, I, I'm a much better parent for kids these ages than I was, like, the zero to Remind me of their ages, Taylor. So uh, Chris is 10, Maggie's eight, Felicity's six. Um, oh, that's a sweet so, spot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like I've just had, um, they're just, in, they're just in great spots. Like I'm, I'm, I have something that I can do with all three of them. You know, it's like mm-hmm. when, when kids are little, you're just like, okay, we're going to lay here and then, and then we're done. You know, so we're going like, to play peekaboo for 45 yeah, minutes. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so like I just have stuff that I'm doing like daily with all of them and like my schedules in a spot where like I can do them when they ask for the most part. So like play playing video games with my son, doing sports stuff with him. Like we just finished that football season. Um installing thermostats. Exactly. <laughs> Maggie's doing her ballet, so she kind of has that with her mom. So like it's cool that they oh, that they have cool. that that together. Um she loves her her um she's our art person, so she loves doing the art, like our thing. She does her art and then I compliment her like crazy. Like like uh and then my youngest uh she she's her and my my oldest have a lot in common. Like she's really into like tech stuff and video games too. So like she's finally at the age where like she has this little Alice in Wonderland game that she likes playing on my on my iPad or my phone. And she, one, one of my big things I've talked about this before, like what my, um, my love language is quality time. So like she will play that, like her playing the game on my phone or my iPad. She typically doesn't go away. Like she wants to sit with me and play the game or whatever. So like she sits with, with, with me while I, she plays the game and I'm playing something on the TV or I'm uh, watching football or whatever. But like, so like Sundays on football, like she sits with me almost all Sunday because She's either watching football with me or playing playing a game on my phone or whatever. So um, we're, we're just in a really cool spot w- with all of them. So um, I, I'm just I'm just in a place where I'm really ha- really happy with um, kind of with them and how they're turning out, but also in like I, I feel like I'm in a good parenting spot, which which is fun. Well, it's it's gratifying to know that all the things that you did leading up to that point that you start to, it's sort of like when your baby starts to laugh back at you or smile back at you, you're like, finally, like some reciprocation from what I've been pouring into finally, this child. Finally, somebody's laughing at my jokes. <laughs> right, right. And so as they get older, you start to develop a really 
tender relationship. And then as they get even older, it gets even better. So hang in there because it's just, it just keeps getting, I always tell parents of younger kids, like it just keeps getting better. Harder. Harder is what I hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's H- the, harder yeah. and holier, but you know, you get wiser. So I think that's why it gets better. I think that's you why know how to gray respond. hair is getting here. I'm growing in Well, wisdom. this is why this is why you see no gray hair because I take care of that. But anyway. Oh, I'm not going I'm not gonna call them out specifically, but there's another female co-host who showed up here the other day and I was like, Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> that's a lot of gray going on. <laughs> wow. She's not even hearing her calling her out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh she doesn't listen. What do I care? <laughs> um in the church, there's there's been a lot of things, um, you know, stressful or or uh, possibly frustrating in our in our church for for people. Uh, maybe you know, like uh, at your at your local church or in like the global church. Uh, so again, the whole reason that we're doing this is to combat this feeling of all is lost and negativity. What's something that you're thankful for uh, within our church? You know what? We have a new associate pastor. He is from India, and. I saw him after mass the other day and I just said, Father Legio, I'm so proud of you because sometimes I think people get frustrated with the language barrier and he's doing an amazing job. He writes down all of his homilies, starts them the same way, speaks, you know, as slow as he can and really clearly. When I was listening to his homily and I just kept thinking, and they keep getting better and better. And our community has been really welcoming. And I think that was because of the leadership of our pastor. And it's been gratifying to see, because I think sometimes we hear about foreign priests who come in and people are just frustrated, right? Because it's not comfortable. It's not what they had before. At least in my opinion, in my perspective, and with this particular priest is that he's making a real concerted effort to be a part of our community. And our community is doing a real concerted effort to welcome him. And it's been a really beautiful thing to watch transpire. He, uh, He's so joyful, Taylor. And I can't tell you, like before Mass, our priests typically stand outside and welcome people along with our deacons into the church. And I can't tell you what a what a happy thing that is to walk up to your parish and see your pastors and your deacons, in addition to the welcome ministers, welcoming you into Mass and, and wanting to be there and being joyful and being grateful to be a priest. It's such a good and whole, and it's simple, right? Like, it doesn't take a ton of effort to do that, but I think we sometimes get focused on big church, the things that are happening at the Vatican, the things that are happening with the USCCB, and instead like what's happening in your own parish. And every time I go up to Mass, I just keep thinking, we are so lucky to have these two priests who want to be here, who are happy to be here, and that we have a community that feels the same. And it's not because they're perfect, but that we're all trying to be better. I don't know. I just, every Sunday, it makes me smile. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny that like, we, you know, we didn't talk about what we were going to say. We we talked about the structure, but we didn't talk about our, our answers beforehand. And it's funny that both of us kind of went the same way, right? Because there there are things that uh, it, it's essentially become kind of like politics. Like a lot of church politics has become like politics where 50% of people are on one side of the issue and 50% are on the other side. And uh, we talked, uh, I think it was last week with, with Allison that like uh, something that's been sitting with me, I think I mentioned on last week's episode, but it's been sitting with me for a couple of weeks at this point now, but that uh, like our circle of, of influence is, is, uh, is smaller than our circle of concern. 
So like we might have concerns mm-hmm. about the the Vatican or about what's going on in 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 other dioceses or other people or whatever. Um, but ultimately, it's like what's like it's it's funny that both of us went local because like my my two things for our, for our church are local, and it was once just an experience I had. Um, yesterday that that ended up kind of being a response to this experience uh, that I've had over the last few months. So long story short, I've been leading this foundations course. I've talked about it ad nauseum here on the show. Um, so for the last year, we've been running this 10 uh, week intro, you know, introduction or reintroduction to Catholicism course. And but when I first said yes to doing this was a few years ago that I talked about where I was feeling a little bit disconnected from the church because our church, our, our local church was going through a lot of stuff. So I didn't have time to worry about the global church because we had a lot going on. But now, like things have been going very well in our local church. But uh, because of scheduling stuff, this semester is the first time that we haven't been running a foundations course. And I, over the last couple of weeks, I realized that like part of the reason, not the whole reason, but part of the reason that I've been feeling down is because I have felt a little bit more disconnected from our parish than I have over the last year. And I realized it's because we haven't been running foundations and that's like my primary plug-in to the parish, like other than going to mass every week. Right. But like my primary plug-in to the parish is this foundation thing. And we took a break and like, I wasn't ministering to our parish as much this semester. I wasn't um, like, it, it's one of those things that like, yes, I'm there to like build up other people's faith, but it builds up mine too. It builds up some communities. It, it fulfills some community stuff. Um, I always have deep conversations with people, either with, with my, the people that I'm leading it with or with the participants or whatever. Um, so yesterday I went and announced at Alpha. So Alpha feeds into the foundations course that I run. And yesterday I went to go make the announcement at the end of Alpha, like, Hey, we're starting this in January because we're starting our next, our next series in January. And one of my softball teammates was there. It's like the softball league that I played in this past semester that has nothing to do with faith. Like it was a secular team and uh, had some secular people on it. that We kind of had to <laughs> make sure our kids were <laughs> far away <laughs> for some certain issues. Um, but one of the guys on the team, we found out at the end of the season that he was Catholic and that he used to go to St. Joe's. Like I, I would imagine he's probably somewhere around 50. So like, I've been in this Catholic community for eight years, never seen him before. I meet him through softball, find out that he, uh, you know, grew up Catholic. And towards the end, it's like, I think there's some faith stuff going on. Right. But yeah. like not ingrained in our community because I haven't seen him. Like, and I'm pretty great to the Catholic community here. And I come to find out yesterday, I go to make the announcement and he's there. He's sitting at the front row. He comes and gives me a hug right when I walk in. I find out that last semester he went th- through Alpha this semester he helped out with Alpha and next semester he's coming to foundations with us. So it's just cool. like it was such this cool moment of like my primary community this semester was softball moving in to like I think there's two people that are going to come to this foundations course from softball. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, and just like that, our parish, like it's it's working, like it's bringing people in either who are new or like who I don't know his whole story, right? But my guess is that he wasn't as ingrained in the community as he has been for the last few months. So it was just this beautiful sign that like things are working, that you know, it's gonna we're moving into a new season here in, in the next month or so. So it, it just really, um, it was it was sparked something. It was like something that had been kind of dormant for the last few weeks at least, um, kind of sparked alive. I was like, hey, this is nice. Well, they're both actually both of our stories. There's a a thread of like of welcomeness mm-hmm. and an invitation. 
there. And I think that's what we all want, Taylor, is that we all want to be needed in a space and in, and it's up to us to invite people. In fact, our pastor asked us that a few weeks ago. He was like, when is the last time that you've invited someone to come to church? Crickets. Like, <laughs> he's like, if you love it here, why aren't you inviting people right. to come into this space? And so I think sometimes it's through a softball league, right? I don't know. Yeah. Meet people yeah. where they are. And then sometimes organically, your faith comes up and the next thing you know, they're sitting on the front pew and they're involved in your parish. Yeah. So. It was, it was just really cool. Just That's really awesome. Cool scenario. Um, I, I have one more in this church one. Um, so uh, th- this kind of bleeds into family and church because it involves my wife. And uh, last summer she got a job working at the parish. Right. And uh, I made a vow years ago. I'm never working at a parish again. I've just been burned too many times. I'm not doing it. And so, like, I don't want people that I care about to either because <laughs> you know, it's a rough People gig. that you uh, married to. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but because of the situation, because we have this incredible pastor and like, so my wife is the assistant DRE, associate DRE, whatever. The DRE is one of my best and longest friends. So it's like. It was like a perfect situation, right? And so looking back and being thankful over the last year and some change, right? She started in in late summer uh, last year. Just so thankful, one, that it's going so well that like the community has like really embraced her. Like for years, she was Taylor's husband. And now I'm Sam's, uh, you know what I mean? For years, she was Sam's husband. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah. So now I'm just Sam's husband when I show up at church, you know? So it's just awesome. it's fun. She's, she's, she's doing a great job. She, she, um, the first year ish was like a trial thing. Like, Hey, we're going to do 30 hours part-time. And if it goes well, you know, and now she's full-time 40 hours, got all the benefits. Like it's, it's been a great thing for our family. Like, I'm just thankful, like as, as stretched and thin as things have been financially, like we'd be screwed if she didn't have this job. So I'm really thankful, like uh, from a family perspective that it's going well, um, and I'm also really, it's just, it's just a cool part of our church thing that like, even though I've made this vow that I'm never doing it again, like it was a perfect situation for her. Um, and, and I'm just really thankful. I'm thankful to her for taking the job and it's great for our family, but I'm also thankful that like our parish is in a place where like a church is a nice place to work, which shouldn't be a surprise, but it is. You yeah. Know? So yeah. Right. Yeah. I love All right. that. A- any other church things? Are you ready to move on? No, you can keep going. Okay. What's next? Uh, work. Um, just work, your ministry. Um, I, I, ha- I have one on the top of my head, but I'm going to let you go first on this one. So I guess this one would be sort of, it's, it's kind of combined. So last week I was in Indiana. So I went to Kentucky and then Indiana. I spoke at a couple of places up in Indianapolis. So I guess if you're new here, you may you not fancy. have known that we spent, five, I know, we, <laughs> we spent five years in Indianapolis. So from 1998 to 2003, we were there. And we were working and that was really, I mean, it's where I officially came into the church, even though I was confirmed an hour before my rehearsal dinner two years prior. It wasn't really, I know it's a whole long story and we'll get into that another time. Emergency! But this was a, <laughs> It was all licit, but um, I ended up going through RCIA officially at our parish, Our Lady Mount Carmel in Indianapolis. And it has always been my anchor. It is the place that formed me. Seven of our 12 godparents still live in Indiana. 
And it's like going home. I mean, I know I'm sixth generation Texan. I sound Texan. But if there is a place that could be my second home, it would be Indiana. So the fact that I was able to go back and I spent a little bit of time with our oldest in Kentucky, and then I went up to Indiana, and then one of our daughters uh, flew up for a college visit while we were there. But it it was such a reminder of how God sees you in all the details of your life and that He loves you specifically that he sees you and he sends beautiful, good people into your life and and experiences because he loves you specifically. And it was really apparent while I was there, I was able to stop in and see my spiritual director and just so many, so many things that reminded me like all this sort of happened organically. Like I did not say like, I'm going to be a speaker or whatever. That just sort of happened organically. But Indiana was the place that formed me. And so from a professional sense, I think it just reminds me, don't get so caught up. I mean, goals are good. Aspirations are good. But um, I forget which saying it is that talks about this, the spirituality of detachment, you know, this holy detachment that that you detach yourself, I guess, from the outcome. And instead, you just enjoy the process. And going back to Indiana reminded me of that. It was almost like a retreat for me. It was ex- It was an exceptional week. So it was technically work, but it didn't feel like work. Right. That's really cool. I, I got the, I was following along on, on Instagram, on your Instagram stories, right? You do a great job of documenting your life there. And uh, I didn't realize how big of a connection, because you're so Texan in my mind, I didn't realize how, I am how, Texan, how yeah. much connection you had to, to up there. Um, but there's something about like, you know, like places, right? Like when I visit like my home parish, it's like I have... Like this, this is where I, you know, like I, I was born Catholic, but I was like, this is where I had my conversion of heart. Like this, the whole reason that I'm Catholic now is because of this place. Like, so there's something about places, right? Um, yeah. So it, it, your journey through that got me thinking about mine, which was, which was really cool. So, well, I mean, it's, it's one of the places that every hard thing that has happened since we've left Indiana, I go back to a moment or to a place or to a person in Indiana and I'm reminded that I can get through the hard thing now. I mean, without a doubt, I would not be doing or even be the same person had it not been for our really precious five years. And and really, we only moved because uh, one of my father-in-law was sick and it was a job opening, but we weren't looking to move. In other words, we were happy, we were fulfilled, and we certainly saw ourselves living in Indiana for a very long time. So to be able to go back and just sort of see how things have grown, but yet so how some of the people are still there. And I mean, this is how how small a world it is up there. I was staying across the street from our old parish, and we have a perpetual adoration chapel. And I went into the chapel to pray before I went to go speak at a completely different parish 20 minutes away. And as I walked in, I was like, is that our former babysitter who's now a nun with her dad? And it was. And I'm like, I love Indiana. So it was just, oh, it was so good, Taylor. It would have been so a good. perfect experience if she hadn't yelled at your daughter for wearing hoodies. <laughs> different sister, different order. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That's great. Um, my work one is you. Oh, it's been a it's been a year since you've been a co-host here. And Is it really? Yeah. I'm like so you started oh around the end of last year. So it's been a year that, that you've that you've been around. Oh. Uh so it was around this time last year that I was uh on a I called you from the front yard. I was standing right through the TV that, that, that I'm talking to you on now. 
and it's one of the things I, I, t- I was talking with um, with Allison about this because anytime there there has been a vacancy within co-host, there's there's a, a there's an all an all staff meeting, which typically at that point means it's me, Allison, and Anthony. <laughs> so <laughs> we 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 talk through stuff, and I remember. Um, you know, like you, had, you had been a great guest before and Allison was like, she, she'd be great. Like, so like the whole team was behind, you know, me asking you. And it's always one of the, like Allison and I talk pretty often that like, I, I, you know, the show used to be all about me having guests on and, you know, like I liked having like the prestige of guests. Right. And the longer I've been doing it, I'm just like, I like having conversations that I care about. Right. And yeah. it is very hard to find somebody who fits my style and that's like that's my fault right like i'm i'm a particular person it's hard for people to stick around with me like i like for for a long period of time uh and i feel like like you know when when you first came on it, it took us a little while to find like our groove but like these last few months I, like e- every time that i've been you know like we we finished recording a show. We we we're editing a show. We're putting together our clips. I'm just like we're racking this. Like the last like f- like four four or five months or so. I'm just like we, you and I have really found like our groove and our niche. And what's funny is I was already going to say this. I was like this was already my thing that I'm that I'm thankful for. And then yesterday, in your Instagram stories, you had some stuff that had been stressing you out or frustrating you, and like you put in your stories that you were like. I'm glad that I, I'm going to be recording with Taylor tomorrow. Here we are right here because I could talk through these things. And like just the amount of trust that you have in me that we've built up together that you're like, hey, I have these things that are really bothering me and I'm looking forward to talking to with me about it. Like, it, meant, it meant a lot. I'm just like, no, this is, this is great. So, um, yeah, I'm just really thankful for this. Like, it doesn't seem like it's been a year, but it's been right around a year that you've been here I with the show. It. And it's it's been great. I, I, re- I really enjoy oh, our shows sweet. together. Well, the turning point for us was Johnny Manziel. We started talking about football. Yeah, it, and then after- <laughs> it unlocked and then something in us. It really did. It did. It did. Um, I, I loved, you know, when I said, I mean, I'm big on like, do my yeses are either a hell yes or a no. And yep. so when you asked, I was like, I'm going to need, give me some time. I wanted to know, like, I wanted to, be, I, I wanted to say, if I'm going to tell Taylor, yes, I want to be an all in, all in. Right. So I'm really glad that I said yes, Taylor. I am too. I really am. I really am. And I, I thought about that. I literally thought this week as I was, you know, prepping for the show in my head, like, oh, I'm glad she said hell yes. Because like that, that was one of the things where I was just like, yeah. you know, life, life is busy. You have a lot going on. And like, you know, so recording with me for, you know, an hour, hour and a half once a month, I was just like, you know, is this going to last? Is it going to work for? Her? Is she going to like me after three months? And it all worked out. So it all uh, worked out. I, I, I'm, I haven't I'm left really yet. Grateful. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right. Uh, two more. We got personal stuff and then our random ones. So uh, just re- so just personal life. What's something that you're thankful for? Oh, personal life. You know what? I'm glad Taylor over the summer, while it was a good summer, and, but it was also a hard summer. There are a lot of big transitions. I kind of fell off the workout train. I mean, I was kind of doing it intermittently, but not really. And then I don't know what I got in my bonnet, but I'm like, it's time to get get my life together. And <laughs> that's, so, that's the and most Texan thing you've ever said. <laughs> the bee in my bonnet. I got um, a bee in my bonnet. <laughs> I did have a bee in my bonnet. Normally, that means that I'm all fired up, but I was like, all right, Catherine, get get your life together because 
when I when I'm starting to feel really stressed out, I always look at my schedule of workouts and I'm like if I don't have any workouts on my schedule, then that's why I'm stressed out. So, August I finally got it back together and faithfully going like 15 to 20 times. So r- roughly 4 to 5 days a week I've been going and I'm really proud of myself because quite frankly, seven years ago, it's been seven and a half years that I started working out regularly because I broke my kneecap and I needed to rehab it. (laughs) It hurt like a mother trucker. Okay. And, um, don't, don't recommend don't do not break your patella. (laughs) It's not as fun as advertised. Yes, ma'am. And don't just don't do it. Um, Basically, don't wear $2 Old Navy flip-flops to the pool. Could that I blame the $2 flip-flops and also the baby that I was carrying. But Blaming I'm the really, baby. Awesome. <laughs> no, the baby who's now nine. I'm going to remind her when she's 16, I'm going to point to the scar on my knee and be like, you did this. But I am really proud of myself for starting over again. Because I think sometimes we have a good habit in place, whether it's eating well, exercising, prayer life, you know, attention to our relationships, whatever. And then life happens and we get derailed it, it, inevitably in whatever area of your life. And I was really proud of myself for being like, all right, I'm not going to make the derailment the new normal. I'm going to start over. And today we're going to do the next right thing. And I, uh, I'm i better for it, just physically, but also mentally. My heart needed to get back in there. Plus, the community that we have up there is a group of really great women from all different walks of life, but they bring me a lot of joy. That's great. Um, so there you go. All right, we're going to close with the random ones. My random one that I'm, I'm so thankful for, I cannot tell you how much joy this brings me. So, uh, backstory. So we live in Bryan College Station, right? And so we are, no one could tell, uh, what our allegiance is to, because we're not a big enough city to be, to have allegiance to like pro sports. Like, you know, everybody, you know, most people here are fans of the Aggies, right? Um, but it's like, are, are we Houston fans? Are we Cowboy fans? Are we, um, you know, do we root for Dallas? Do we root for Houston? Do we root for San Antonio? Like, all, like it's, it's just kind of this no man's land. Cause there's like a triangle. Like if, if you've, if you've heard of Texas, you've heard of Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio, or maybe Austin. Yeah. You need, like, to, if you're watching on YouTube, you need to put like a map up Taylor. So people can have an idea. <laughs> it's just a triangle. Are. I do this all the time. It's like the top of the triangle is Dallas. The bottom right of the triangle is Houston. The bottom left of the triangle is San Antonio. And I live right in the middle of the triangle. Oh, that's like that's actually pretty that's good. Yeah. That's how I explain it to people when I travel to places like Indiana and that sort of thing. Right. Where I'm like, that that's that's where we are, right? So, um, what would happen a lot? Like we are, uh, I'm a huge Texans fan because I, you know, I'm a huge Houston sports fan because I grew up in in the Houston area. We are like, so, 10 so we're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about the Houston Astros game then. No, we're not. We are definitely not. world champions. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> not, no, I I didn't bring it up. Your reasoning for rooting for the Rangers, I cannot. I just can't fight with you about it yeah. because it's too good of a reason. So yeah, um, okay, keep going. So for the last like seven, eight years, a lot of times I'd sit down on Sunday, I'd turn on CBS and they're not showing the Texans game, even though they're playing at noon or typically at noon, right? Right. They're not showing because we are like legitimately 10, 15 minutes away from the line of like the Houston greater area, right? So they would show the the best Sunday game or they'd show the Cowboys or whatever. So like multiple Sundays, I'd sit down and not be able to watch the Texans. Well. This past, uh, the, the last few months, like this past NFL season, 
I realized that I could cancel my cable and get NFL Sunday ticket, which means that uh, uh, through YouTube TV, so YouTube just took over the NFL Sunday ticket, I can watch every single NFL game, including four at a time. So like on, you know, at noon, there's typically eight games. So instead of having eight channels, I have two channels, one that has four games and one that has the other four games. I can flip back and forth. It splits my TV into four boxes. You push a little button and like, like there's like a little square over the four boxes and whichever one has a blue box around it is the one you're listening to. So like if there's a big play, you could switch over to listen to that one, switch over, listen to that one. It's the greatest thing in the world. And the best part about it is I'm paying for YouTube TV and the Sunday ticket. And it's cheaper, cheaper. than what I was paying for my cable. It's unbelievable. It is completely revolutionary. Like our Sundays, we have, I think I mentioned on the show a few weeks ago, we've become Sunday, uh, Saturday night mass people because the NFL Sunday ticket is just too good. It's just too good during the NFL season. So as a family. So what you're saying is that Jesus takes a back step no i'm saying i i put jesus first i literally put him first i did I, but I, i'm I super glad that i can go see him on saturday <laughs> I, so i can watch football 100%, on sunday 100 <laughs> percent. i thought this through because I, I knew people would say that i'm like no i put him first i literally did the jesus stuff first and then sat down and watched football then so football. It, it's been great like it because there's more action like it makes the kids more interested so like we sit here as a family and, and watch football. It is just, it's great. My son will come in. I, I've been, you know, I, I bet on the games and I can watch all the games that I bet on. It's just, it's just beautiful. And I'm in a good mood because my bets have been working. I, I, it's just, I, it is completely, I, I, it's so crazy, but like I was in quite a funk before the NFL season and I am a lot happier now. It's not just because of NFL Sunday ticket, but I'd give it a good 45% reason why. So are you watching all of them? Are you watching all of them because you have fantasy football? Do you do fantasy football? I do fantasy, but it's mostly because of the betting. Uh, okay. Like, you know, fantasy football, we put down like $20 for the season right. and I'm putting five, 10, 20 bucks on multiple games every Sunday. So yeah. Cause uh, all of a sudden my children are watching every NFL game. Like right. who, who did this? And I was like, right. when did y'all become like, I don't know, Titans fans. And then I was right. like, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see how this is going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's it doesn't make sense how much joy it brings me. It just really makes me happy. And we just hit the 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 midway point of the NFL season, and I got a little sad that, that it's going to be oh, over no. soon. <laughs> Football season is the best time of the year. I know some people will be like, "Oh, it's, it's the fall," or "Oh, it's the holidays." No, time of the year. It's football. <laughs> Hardcore. I'm with you on that. I love watching football. Especially, well, you're, you love the, you love the pro stuff. I really love collegiate yeah. football, but, and not just yeah. the Aggies. So I do watch Jesus, more than just You them. put Jesus second. You, you, you put football first and then later with the scraps of your time, you go see Jesus. No, cause I need Sunday. Jesus after watching football, <laughs> Taylor. Okay. Amen. Amen. Um, all right. Close us out. What's your random thankful thing? Mine could not be more different than yours. So <laughs> we have measuring cups in our kitchen. And for years, they've been Pyrex, which is like the glass, you know, that you measure milk or whatever with. But it's printed on the outside, the measurements. Well, after you wash it, whether no matter whether you hand wash it or put it in the dishwasher, eventually the measuring tick marks on the side wash off. And then you just have this completely clear glass thing with a handle, and you're just guessing on how much to use. Well, 
God bless Joanna Gaines. She made <laughs> a measuring cup that's etched on the outside, which means that you will never be able to wash this stuff off because it's permanently etched in the glass. And I was so excited, Taylor, to find this, but then it was only on the internet. And so I went on the internet and it was gone. Like they're unavailable in our in our town. So I, I put it on my stories, on my Instagram stories, like, hey, I realize this is a big ask, but does anybody have any of these at their target? And I have never gotten so many DMs in my life. I felt so loved. Like people are like, we live in this place and I checked out the store and I loved it so much that I got me one and I'll send you one. And it is, so I got two because I loved it so much and it it shouldn't bring me this much joy, but it does. Cause every time I look at it, one, it's functional now, but two, I'm reminded that I was like, wow, there's a lot of women out there that want to help another woman make her kitchen better and <laughs> complete stranger. So it makes me smile when I see that side of it too. It's great. So that's my random thing, bringing me joy. It's Who would have thought? I, I can't, yeah, I can't decide which of our lives is better at this moment. Typically, I think yours is. Uh, but like, it's 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 funny because I'm like, yours, It's it's you're like, the simple things in life bring me joy. And I'm like, I was depressed before football season. Uh, mine's a bigger thing. Yours is a smaller thing. So I, I guess we'll let the people decide. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, Catherine, we just recorded the longest segment in the history of this show. Uh, we, oh we, we almost did uh, essentially an entire show's length in the first segment. But you know what? It's our Thanksgiving episode. People are listening while they're trying to avoid their in-laws. So we're going to keep it going. We're going to come back and we're going to do the segment that we the primary segment we planned on doing today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. With some inspiration from Allison in last week's episode, and also from some of our friends in the community of listeners, we've started a new project here at Forte Catholic over on our YouTube channel. We are uh, doing some live streams. So uh, a lot of the stuff that we do behind the scenes is podcast editing and production. Uh, and I am now live streaming some of that. So uh, throughout the week during my workday, I'm just going live and hanging out and doing a lot of my editing and production for, for this show and some other shows. Uh, so if you want to see what we do behind the scenes and also uh it's great to have people there interacting and commenting it's just it's just it's just fun thing so youtube.com slash forte catholic if you hit subscribe uh you should get a notification when we whenever we go live and we'd love for you to come hang out with us uh it's been fun we've done a few of these live streams already uh this past week and i'm really really enjoying doing it so uh hit subscribe come hang out with us no pressure just come and 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 chat say hi uh it's it's a nice little way to to break up my work days um and connect with you guys so thank y'all youtube.com slash for the catholic hit subscribe come hang out with us and check out some of the other videos while you're there welcome back to for the catholic i am taylor stroll and that is Catherine whitaker and we hope that this extra long episode is keeping you from your thanksgiving meal like Catherine does by making people say things that they're thankful for so uh part of your uh trip up to indiana as you mentioned in the last segment, you documented a lot of great things. Like it was like going home and it was like, uh, you know, like your spiritual director and then, and the nun that didn't yell at you for hoodies and all, all these great things. Right. But, um, you did mention something in passing, uh, that your, one of your daughters came up for a college visit and you also documented this on your, on your Instagram stories. And this is what you, uh, posted about that you were looking forward to talking to with me about. So, uh, what happened? <laughs> well, Taylor, I thought I was just flying up. Claire to go take a look at a college because she is a junior. So we're in that season and her godfather lives up there. And so I thought, well, hey, while we're here, 
uh, we can go visit a college. She said, Mom, I want to go visit Notre Dame. I'm like, let's do it. It's about a two-hour drive from Indianapolis. We had the most amazing day up there. I didn't really share about it until after we finished, but you know, I asked her, can I share it? Yes. So we shared bits, of, which I have done with all my children. I have gone on college visits to more places than just Texas A&M. And I, I can't believe there's a, there was, honestly, I can't I believe there's a third one. You and I talked uh, a couple months ago about how, you know, it's this whole new experience about U of H and how great that was for your other kid. And I, I'm just surprised you allowed a third school. <laughs> Into into the mix. Well, I mean, she was like, I really want to go visit, uh, you know, a non-state school. And I was like, all right, let's let's go do it. And she was so excited. And and I shared that. And and so, Taylor, you have to remember, I grew up Protestant. So maybe some of like the Catholic um, conversations or disagreements almost always passed me by because I didn't grow up with any of that. Like I was Switzerland, but also... It never registers with me. Like when someone's like, oh, I went to whatever place. I'm like, oh, that it just never. So it never registered with me that this could be, which is also ridiculous, I think, but that this could be controversial, that I was taking her to a Catholic college, which some will say is amazing and some will say is horrible. Either way, it is the most famous Catholic college. It's a top 10 university. They are like number one in business. Like, unequivocally an outstanding academic institution founded by the Holy Cross priests. But what shocked me, Taylor, was not that people would be like, whatever, wherever we went, that they would have an opinion about that. What shocked me is that they actually said it in my post about the school that my daughter, keep in mind, this is not a school that I was like, oh, you should go do this. Like this was a school that she genuinely wanted to go visit. So this is a 16-year-old's choice. Right. And I got some DMs. At first they were DMs, right? Like and they were not nice DMs. And I responded with, you know, basically back off. Okay, this is my kid. But when it became public and when they started posting comments on on the post, at first I responded and then this morning I had to block someone because I was like you cannot come in that's basically like coming into my home and criticizing my child. You can criticize me all you want. I'm a big girl. I put on my big girl underwear this morning. I can take it. But when you go after my kid, then we're going to cross a line. So like I told them, I said, listen, you are entitled to have an opinion, but you are not required to share it, especially in this space. So it's sort of, I felt like, Taylor, if I didn't stand up for my daughter and what she wanted to do and was an interest of hers and a love of hers, I would not... I would not be doing my job as her mom. I would be doing her a disservice. And if I'm preaching to my kids about setting healthy boundaries, about you know having good, healthy relationships, not only did I had to have to stand up for her, but I was like, I'm going to stand up for myself because, hello, this is our family. This is our choice. She's genuinely excited about it. And quite frankly, we were wildly impressed with what we saw there. You may disagree with all of that, and that is totally fine. But to come into my space and share the kind of things that people shared, I was like, that is 100% unacceptable, and that's called getting blocked. I just do not have the tolerance for that. So it just was amazing to me because everyone that I heard from that had either been to school there, knew someone that went there, had sort of a relationship with the school, 99% positive. So it did remind me that sometimes when we start to have opinions about things, we're basing it on other factors. 
aside from having a real relationship with it. So I was encouraging people on social media yesterday and again today that if you're going to have an opinion about something, you need to be in relationship with it. So if you're going to have an opinion about a school, you should do more than just read news articles about that school or that issue or that place or that person. So it wasn't just about this particular university, but it was about all things. And I got I got pretty hot this morning. I was I was pretty spicy. I took a deep breath because I was like that was not okay. So yeah, okay. I'm stepping off my TED Talk soapbox. Sorry, but yeah, I was pretty. I'm I'm totally with you because it's like it, I the, the number one thing is just that like yeah exactly. Do not come at my kids right like. Mm-hmm. My my kids are like for me. It's like you know, like my track kids, or it used to be like my youth ministry kids. You can come at me all that you want, but don't don't come at my kids, right? That's so. There's a boundary that gets crossed, right? And I think that's a fair boundary on social media. Like I know that there's a lot of other Catholic people, and I think Catholic women have to deal with it more than, or just women in general have to deal with it more than than guys do. But just comments on your your parenting, and it's just like, look. You can disagree with something I say on the show. You can disagree with this, but it's like what I'm sharing about like my kids, just don't be a jerk or a weirdo. Like, come on, man. Right. You know, like um, that that's the first thing. And secondly, um, there's a lot of things. And I actually realized this this weekend. Um, I was in a very Catholic environment when the big Catholic news of the week with, with Bishop Strickland being removed was revealed. Right. And I have kept my thoughts in that matter pretty close to the chest. And uh, people were pretty open with with their feelings. And I had conversations with people uh, who are fans of Bishop Strickland and not fans of Bishop Strickland. And both teams thought I was with them. <laughs> you know, so there's an advantage, I think, to keeping things close to the chest. Because like for, for me, it's um, I learned this a long time ago. And I, I promise we're, I'm going to bring it back to, to the college thing. I went to, I don't tell people where I went to college, either for undergrad or grad school, because I like being able to play in as many places as I can. Uh, because there are people listening to the show right now. I would imagine about 50% love Bishop Strickland, 50% don't. I would imagine 50% love Notre Dame and 50% don't. I would imagine that uh, 50% love Catholic school, 50% don't. Like, so it's just like, I like, you know, I'm, it's not that I'm lying on the show. I'm honest about things that I, honest about and i just don't talk about things that <laughs> i think are just going to make people angry right uh but for instance like i went to a very liberal catholic school which i think a lot of and and struggled with its catholic identity and i think that uh and you know so some people would say like oh he's he's a super liberal catholic i also went to one of the most prestigious catholic universities in in the, in the nation that's a little bit more on the conservative side for my grad school and I, so i just don't tell people because I go, I like being invited to go speak and lead worship at liberal churches and at conservative churches. Like it just opens up more doors, right? Uh, so there's there's some. Um, it's been some prudence, I guess, on my part, which I don't have prudence in a lot of areas of my life, but this is one of them. Where it's just like when people have strong feelings, I tend to be pretty careful with with with, with how I talk about them because I don't want stuff like what happened to y'all to happen, right? Um, but you know what, Taylor, I'm glad that it did because, boy, I have a lot of things to say. I'm glad that it did because I think that we have this imaginary checklist 
you are Catholic if you do these things. You are not Catholic if you do X, and we have these things. And what happens when we do that is that we deny people the opportunity to journey towards Jesus. I'll be honest. When I became Catholic, I'll be frank. I'm always honest. I'll be frank. 27 years ago, when I joined the Catholic Church, I had a lot of issues with many of the Catholic Church teachings. And if someone had looked at me and said, Catherine, you're not really Catholic, where would I be, Taylor? But instead, God planted us in Iowa and in Indiana for seven amazing years and helped me wrestle with some things with people that were willing to let me wrestle with them. And I did. And I found my place and I started to understand and it became real to me. But if they had denied me that, they would have denied me the journey. So I think sometimes we're like, well, if you don't believe this or if you see it that way, then you're wrong. And instead be like, I'm, you know, the, the, the quote, be curious, not judgmental. I'm curious why you think that. Let's talk about that. Can you share with me? So one person who's asking that question starts to understand the person better. And the person who's struggling starts to articulate what, what they're struggling with. But we're denying them that. And it makes me so angry when we believe that Catholics must do A, B, and C, or therefore you're not Catholic. If you are baptized Catholic, you are Catholic, period, the end. And it's okay to struggle with some stuff, as long as, actually, the priest at Notre Dame said this, and I loved it. He said, our goal here at Notre Dame is to meet people where they are, but by the time they graduate, we hope that they're not still in the same place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boy, if that's not really the crux of the intellectual and faith-filled life, I don't know what it is. Yes, we should meet people where they are and hopefully move them past or toward the place where they want to be. And that is what got me, I think, so fired up about all of that is that this imaginary checklist that we have that makes people like we can trust them or not trust them. That's a really crappy way to build friendship and trust within the church. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, as you are posting, I was thinking a lot about my undergrad because my undergrad is a place that, um, people would say similar things about what they said about Notre Dame uh, to you guys. It's not Catholic enough. It's not good enough. You know, they, they had this person come speak. They had that person come speak. They're not really Catholic. Right. And uh, like I went to a school for four years, like my primary alma mater is a place just like that. Right. And I had a great experience there overall. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I am the, we talk about it all the time. My wife left that school because it wasn't Catholic enough. Like that's just the reality of, of the scenario. She was in a place in her faith where she needed a safer place to grow in her faith. So she went to one of the other very, very Catholic schools. Right. Um, I chose specifically to stay at this school that I knew struggled with this Catholic roots that I knew didn't have the greatest reputation for Catholic identity and all these sorts of things. Right. Uh, and I'm the person that I am today because of that, Scenario, right? I had great professors and great teachers. I had terrible teachers who were anti-Catholic mm-hmm. that I wanted to punch in the throat almost every, almost every class that I was in with them, right? I had people who, um, did not believe fully within Catholicism and it might have pushed me away a little bit. And I had some other people who, uh, some people that I really agreed with and even some people that I didn't agree with that were probably somewhere in the middle of like half the things I agreed with half I didn't. And I grew because of their love for me, their care for me and having difficult conversations. Like a lot of the theology that I learned was not 
because, hey, here's the catechism and, and here you go. This is what we're giving you. It's, hey, this is anti-Catholicism. <laughs> you got to go learn it on your own so that you can figure out what's going on, right? So like there's a, there's a different situation, a different scenario for everybody, right? So like going to that school was incredibly formative for me. And I think it's probably, if I'm any good at ministry, it's probably because I started there. I started lear- learning how to fight for what I believed in. Um, and, and it was like, for me, it was more um, training for the real world. Right. Because yes. like, that's what the real world is like. Like the real world isn't a Catholic bubble. So like, I think those ca- like my, and I'm not bashing the Catholic bubbles either. Cause my wife needed the Catholic bubble. She was in a place in her life where she needed like a safe place to kind of yeah. grow and cultivate her faith. But like, I had a stronger background in my faith than she did at that time. And it's like, your kid has a great background in faith because they, she grew up in your house and y'all go to church and your, your, your church community, your school community, all, all these things. Right. So it's just like, people are just, yeah. So when people are, <laughs> They don't know you. They don't know the situation. They don't know whatever. And it's just like, guys, like, yeah, just just because you've heard some news stories about Notre Dame or whatever doesn't mean it's a terrible place. Have they done some things that have been messed up? Sure. You might even agree with half of them, you know. But so is Texas A&M. And I love that place. Exactly. exactly. I mean, there are no perfect church. (laughs) Also that there's no perfect college, but there is a perfect place for our children. 100 percent. And, and Taylor, I want my kids to walk into college with a firm foundation, but I also want them to learn how to be critical thinkers. Because if college is a microcosm of what the world is like, then wouldn't I want my child to be formed not only at home, but wherever they may go after they turn 18 and be formed in their faith and to learn how to critically ask questions, dive deeper into their faith so that when they walk out on the other side, that they believe it, that they own it. It's not just because I taught it to them or just because like they critically believe that is what the best path best path is for their life. And I saw a lot of critical thinking. And that's what impressed me. And you may agree or not agree. And, and but then the point not is, on social media. <laughs> right. Exactly. But at the end of the day, I want my kids to thrive and grow. And if that's right. where they're going to do it, awesome. And if it's going to be somewhere else, fantastic. But I can't look at another. I mean, even as much as I rib like, you know, the University of Texas, I have never walked over my neighbor who I love, um, their Longhorns. And I have never walked over to her house and been like, I can't believe that you're going to send your kids to Texas. No, because if it's a great place for her kid, we can still banner about football and all the rivalry kind of stuff for sure. But I would never look at someone and be like, you cannot send your child um, to this place or that place. One, if I don't know them, hello, we're not in relationship. But secondly, I'm trusting that that family has built a family culture that is going to send their child out into the world and do great things. That's not my role, especially with a stranger on the internet. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, amen, that, I'm amen, off the soapbox, but there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that you've said that multiple times now. You're like, I'm done with this. You're like, ah, no, no, but I wasn't actually. On the- <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me get back up on the podium. Tap, tap, yeah. tap. Is this thing still on? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, you dealing with that and then all the Strickland stuff this, this weekend, it's just like, guys, just, just take a breath. Like it, 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 the, the thing that kept popping into my mind all weekend is that like it used to be a joke that like oh what do you think you are more catholic than the pope and like it's that's not a joke anymore like there are legitimately people that think they're more catholic than a catholic university wow. that's been around for what was notre dame 100 years 150 years like like uh or 18 
something. Yeah. I'm mean, like, you know, this well-established, are they perfect? No, but like, are you more Catholic? Like, what, what, what have you, what have you, like, honestly, what have you done? What have I done? What have I accomplished more for the Catholic world than Notre Dame has, even with all their flaws or my alma mater, right? Like there's all the, <laughs> it's such a pride thing. It's just such a pride thing to be like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm more Catholic than Notre Dame. I'm more Catholic than uh, my university. I'm more Catholic than the Pope. Like there are literally people who don't think the Pope is Catholic. And I'm like, bud, that's like one of the main things, right? So it's like, it's just this weird thing where like, you know, you, you grew up Protestant, right? And one of the, one of the big uh, things that gets launched at Catholics from Protestants, mostly online, because who's going to talk about, who's going to be this rude and mean in, in person, but like, they, like a derogatory term from them to us is a, is, oh, you're just a papist. You're just a papist. You don't love God. You don't love Jesus. You're a papist. You love the Pope. And it's just so strange, so strange <laughs> that like there are Catholics who aren't papists these days. And I'm so confused. I'm like, guys, it's one of the main things. <laughs> so I don't know. And as a former, as a former Protestant, I'm still confused. I'm like, right. why are y'all fighting with each other? Right. This feels yeah, like exactly. we're, um, so it feels like we're eating, eating each other from the inside. I was like, Hey guys, we're not the enemy here. Just, just so that everyone's clear, his name's Satan. Okay, so let's remember that. And, um, and I just, I think often. So my thesis, my master's degree, I was in bias in the media, and so I'm always thinking about like, where do you get your news, and which writers, you know, do you read? If you're only reading one certain kind, you know, they tend to tilt it a certain way. No, way. and I'm always, I know, and I'm always <laughs> mindful when news like this breaks, and then people automatically have an opinion. I'm like, well, maybe we should, I don't know, backtrack a little bit and read a little bit more about historically what was going on. And then before we have an opinion, let's just take some time, one, to pray for that diocese. Because whether it was the right decision or the wrong decision, there's still the people of God and there's probably some woundedness there. Yeah. And we still want them Everybody to be faithful. Everybody will struggle no matter, no matter what Absolutely. side you're on, right? Yeah. So let's let's start there. Okay, let's pray for the people of God that people don't lose their faith because of this, that they don't stop going to church because of this, that they are shepherded well because of this. I mean, our bishop and our diocese is now the new apostolic administrator, is that right? The apostolic administrator. Yeah. Anyway, so not leaving our diocese in Austin. Some people were like, "Oh, you're losing your bishop." I was like, "Actually, maybe you should read the news." No, we, and, we, and, we just can't go to another diocese. <laughs> if, what I, I, we we watch, we've been watching a lot of like European shows recently, like the old, you know, uh, you know, the English versus the you know Vikings and all these stuff, right? So it's like I feel like uh, you know Britain just conquered Mercia or something, but that that's been our joke th- these days, right? I mean, I think I think we feel like we have to have an opinion. And I'm here to say it's okay to not have an opinion and to spend time in prayer first, let some information sort of settle and emotions die down a little bit, and then maybe form an opinion that that comes from a place of prayer and discernment instead of one that just says, oh, it happened because of X, Y, Z. Like, I think that's what actually what does more harm to the church is when people that are uneducated about any issue what's going on in the Middle East or the Ukraine or in our own country that they feel like they have to have an opinion. I'm like, well, or here's another suggestion. You could just take a hot minute. You could shut up. (laughs) You could just pray for holy and wise people that know much more about it 
for you to spend time listening to them, but really more time thinking about like, how does this affect me and what can I do in my own little tiny corner of the world? Yeah. It's not necessary to share on a bullhorn, on the top of a podium, all your opinions about all the things. It's not helpful to the people of God. My last thought on it is one one thing that I was thinking about when it came to to the Bishop Strickland situation is a lot of the pushback that I saw was, you know, like, you know, I think most of it was just fans versus not fans of the bishop, right? And that's that sure. seemed to be 50-50. The other thing sure. that I saw is like why is why is the the Vatican uh dealing with this situation and not the German bishops or not this scandal or not this other thing, right? And the mm, thing that I, like I I and I can, that's probably the the pain or the frustration that I connected with the most. I don't think I'm mm-hmm. as mad or frustrated or angry as a lot of people that I saw online because people were very angry. Um, mm-hmm. But I was reminded essentially what you just said, like your <laughs> advice is just kind of slow down. If you don't have all the information, slow down, maybe not share everything you think about the situation. Right. And uh, it was just a reminder of how slow the church works. The church has been around for 2000 years. It's just, you know, a year to the church is a very different amount of time than a year to you and us, right? It's both 365 days, but 365 days in comparison to 2000 years versus, you know, 34 or, you know, what are you, 21, 22? It's just a different, it's just a different thing, right? So the church moves slower. And like, I've had some frustrations with that, like, especially like in, like when I was at the university that I wish would be more Catholic, I was doing all these things to fight to make it more Catholic. And it just moved very, very slowly. Right. And I, and I was frustrated about it. So I, I get that frustration, but it's just a weird thing to be mad at, the, to be mad at the church about, right? Like, why hasn't this happened here yet? Why hasn't this happened? It's like, well, one, that situation is more complicated. And this situation, they're, they're, they're still investigating, right? Like, I, I saw news stories months ago, if not over a year ago, that that the church was investigating into the Diocese of Tyler, right? So, like, the church took its time, and we don't have all the information. Right. It all just happened. It got, you know, the news came out on Saturday at, like, 9 a.m. when we're at a football game. Like, it's just nobody, nobody knows everything, right? And, like, so I can get that frustration, right? Because I've had that same kind of frustration, but it is kind of... Yeah, it it was just it was just a weird thing to see to to see. It's just like guys, keep praying, keep praying for the the diocese here, keep praying for uh, Germany, keep praying for victims of uh, abuse of the church and scandal and all this kind of stuff. Um, things happen, things will happen, but they don't happen on our timeline. So like that's a frustration that I get, but at the same time, it's like I didn't get as riled up. I think just because. I've had to deal with it before too, right? So, um, mm-hmm. it's it's just one of those. It's it's a tough situation, and uh, it's just been it's been weird on these internet streets here these last few days. <laughs> you know, Taylor, I wonder if so. I'm thinking about when I'm in adoration, and the monstrance is beautiful and bright, and Jesus is there. I wonder how imagining that space would change our conversations with people. In other words, if you're at the altar and you're kneeling before Jesus and he's in front of you, and then that issue or that person is standing next to the monstrant, what, how would your tone change? How would you have that conversation differently? I mean, I think that that gives me a lot to take to prayer. Cause I think sometimes when we say, Oh, you should take it to prayer. You should pray for those people. Yes, you should. But prayer really does center us to respond better. And I often wonder if I'm 
speaking to this person, if I'm frustrated about the situation, first for a moment, I need to go back to adoration and put myself in the presence of God before I open my mouth and speak whatever it is I'm going to say to that person. I think it it requires us to recenter why we are alive and what our purpose is and how God is asking us to love people better. Because I sometimes think that we sometimes believe that if people would just see it our way, the world would be so much better. Mm-hmm. And instead, it's really, is God at the center of that or are you at the center of that? That's a beautiful transition into the into the closing that I had prepared for the show. That's beautiful. Because the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. right? So we started the show talking about Thanksgiving and things that we're thankful for. Um, going to the Eucharist um, in, in adoration or in Mass, it's my, my plan over the next few weeks especially is even with all the negativity and all the bad stuff and all the – no matter how we feel about this situation or that situation – Ultimately, it's about Jesus, our relationship with him, uh, and combating it with Thanksgiving. Like, I am thankful for, you know, you might be stressed out and frustrated about XYZ situation in the church and politics or whatever, but, you know, like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's very hard to be fully negative if you're thankful for stuff, right? So what are the things that you are thankful for? Uh, what are you thankful for? And you know, kind of that list we went through in the church, in your family, in your life, and uh, what God is doing, I think is is a great reminder for us. And I had one other thing to close with, and I cannot remember. It's been a long show. I'm only was, good for an hour. I, <laughs> that was a long show. I didn't mean for that, Taylor, to be that long. Oh, no. It's it's great. It's great. It, uh, you know, it, it's perfect for people traveling. We always do something special for the Thanksgiving episode uh, because people are, you know, driving to and from family stuff. And, you know, like if I listened to podcast. I think it was it was last Thanksgiving, maybe two Thanksgivings ago, where like I had I had, had a pretty stressful and frustrating uh uh, Thanksgiving break is, you know, it's hard to get away from work and blah, 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 right? Like all the stress of, 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 of travel and family and holidays. And I just binged podcasts the entire time. I listened to like eight episodes of Clerically Speaking with Father Anthony and it, it got me through the terrible, terrible traffic that I was driving through. So, um, but yeah. Oh, the last thing I was going to say. So bring it, you know, we talked about Thanksgiving, the Eucharist, and then ultimately Jesus wins, right? And it's not just that Jesus wins, but that it's like he's winning. Like, he's he, right. Do we really think that like Jesus and Satan are going blow for blow? Like he's winning, he's winning. Like you know, for all the negativity in 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 the church, it's like there's still more Catholics today than there literally ever have been. Right? There's still more Christians today than there literally ever have been. Right? So I think it's just a, pr- a perspective thing of just God wins. What are you thankful for? God is winning, and how are we letting God continue to win? in our own minds, hearts, actions, all that sort of thing. So that's our show. I love it. I, I'll say this, Taylor, for anyone maybe listening to that Thanksgiving's hard. I know the first Thanksgiving after my um, dad passed away was really hard to be thankful for things. So if you're in that place, like if you're listening to this and Thanksgiving, you're having to dig real deep to find something to be thankful for, um, just know that some of us have been there. And it takes time. He got his Rangers victory in the World Series. Congratulations, I guess. I, know, I was going to tell you when you were talking about <laughs> Jesus wins, I was going to be like, 
like the Rangers in Game 7 yeah, of the exactly. ALCS champion. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I didn't. But uh, I guess I did. So. Add this to things I'm not thankful for. I'm going to have to say a lot of things that I'm thankful for after this call to combat that negativity. <laughs> I'm Dennis Roll. That's Catherine Whitaker. I'll be back next week. She'll be back in a month. See ya! Thank you all for watching and listening today. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation. We know that it's been uh, kind of an interesting week in, in Catholic circles, and we hope that uh, this was uh, a good place for you to, to find some joy, to find some things that you're thankful for, and to, uh, to hopefully just kind of reframe uh, with a lot of things that have been going on. So if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe wherever you are watching or listening. I'll be back next week. Love you.